This is We Are Netflix. Netflix employees talking about work and life at Netflix. One of the things that I would say is focus on passion. The more passionate fans are and the more that a show creates passion and that level of sustained conversation, passion is the reason behind why audiences want to wear something of the show or attend experiences, right? So first look at passion. When we fall in love with a great story, we don't just want to see it play out on the screen and then be done with it. We think about the characters and the worlds they live in. We search out other fans and gush over our love for it. When we're really connected, we can imagine that we're a part of the story. I'm Lyle Troxell. Today on We Are Netflix, we're exploring how Netflix is answering that call from fans by expanding our stories both on screen and beyond, and what it takes to build a global franchise. Early this year, I had the chance to go to the Queen's Ball, a Bridgerton experience. It's this totally immersive, interactive experience based on, of course, Bridgerton. I was dressed to the nines, and I felt like I had been transported to 1813 London. As I walked around the space, I recorded some of my observations. A lot of people are in costume. It's lovely. Lots of fun, lots of smiling, lots of fans, obviously. The event is very theatrical, and there are amazing performers there. But it's also totally interactive. Um, there's performers dancing and inviting people to dance and teaching people to dance in front of the Queen. And the Queen is making commentary the entire time about how people look. It's great. And the champagne flows. I had a lot of fun at this event, and it got me excited about the ways that Netflix is expanding the form our stories can take. Bridgerton is just one example of a title we're playing with in this space. We've done live experiences with Stranger Things, and we're creating consumer products, as well as expanding worlds with spinoffs like Money Heist Korea. In fact, Money Heist, or as it's originally known, La Casa de Papel, is a great case study to understand how Netflix is approaching global franchise building. So we're going to dive into that one today. We'll hear from the people working on various aspects of La Casa de Papel, from bringing the show to Netflix in the first place to expanding that world in exciting ways. My name is Josh Simon, and I am the vice president of consumer products. Our group creates the physical manifestation of our stories and characters and titles for fans. So I think that's a fancy way of saying that we create physical merchandise like apparel, toys, games, collectibles, and we also produce and create live immersive experiences that are based on our titles. I was fortunate enough to go to the Queen's Ball, a Bridgerton experience, um, and it was completely immersive. It was like a Comic-Con, but for Bridgerton world. Why do we do this at Netflix? Why do we have live experiences? What's the business purpose? Well, first and foremost, you know, we really love to drive passion and conversation around our titles. I think a lot of times people watch a movie or a TV show and, you know, you feel transported while you're watching it. And sometimes you might leave feeling like, I wonder what it would be like if I had a chance to experience that world. Buenos dias. One of the most exciting parts of this business for us, and, you know, I think certainly it's there's a lot of risk involved because these are new experiences, but something like La Casa is a title that can come from Spain and find worldwide popularity 
And actually, when you're watching it, it might not even seem like the most obvious title to think, wow, like how would I, how can I create an immersive experience that sets someone in, into the world of a heist? But there's a great hero moment to that. Like you, you do wonder like, what would happen if I were taken hostage as you know, part of this crazy over the top bank heist, what would I do? And there's a fun wish fulfillment that comes from that in the same way that we can have a show like Bridgerton, you know, set in London or, you know, or a show like Stranger Things set in the 80s. Our stories provide this incredible canvas for us to create live experiences from. The other the other part that I think is unique to what we're trying to do is bringing these experiences to fans all around the world. So the La Casa experience is a great example. I mean, that that experience launched in Paris. We brought it to London Mexico City, Miami, and New York, and we have plenty more cities to come. Will you describe the live experience of La Casa de Papel? Um, can you describe what the live experience is like? So I don't, I don't want to give away too many spoilers because there's some fun, you know, there's some fun surprises uh, to experience, but it's very close to the series itself. So you show up at um, what is usually a pretty interesting building or location around the world that has something to do with the world of money or, you know, wealth or excess. So in New York, you know, we uh, we had the experience at a bank, an, an old bank in Paris. We actually had the experience at what is a working mint in the middle of the city that has this very rich history to it. So it very closely follows the storyline of the show. You're a tourist, you're a guest, you've shown up for a tour at this building and then, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> Pay attention because uh, someone else may have been planning a heist just during that very moment of, uh, of your tour. Right. And so um, and so from there, you're taken through sort of a what I think is a pretty fun whirlwind of, you know, kind of part escape room, part immersive theatrical experience where just like in the series, some of the times you're a hostage and some of the time you're there to help. And, and ultimately, you know, your loyalty is questioned. That's awesome. First off, will you uh, introduce yourself? Just give your name and your title. Sure. Uh, my name is Greg Lombardo. I'm the vice president of live experiences at Netflix. And Greg, you have a history of, of live experience management and you've worked in other, for other companies doing live experiences. Do you, do you like them? Do you like participating yourself? Oh, I love them. I started my career at National Shakespeare Company. It was the oldest touring company in America and um, had a really fantastic mission statement, which was to bring Shakespeare to the masses. So we, we spent time touring around the country, doing rep shows. I started as an actor and a fight choreographer. Oh, nice. And then realized quickly that I should be on the other side of that equation and started directing. <laughs> it's really interesting you bring up theater because, you know, traditional theater forms were much more audience engaged than our, than our contemporary theater. It used to be that, you know, groundlings in the Shakespeare era participated sub-level in the show, threw things, booed, hissed, even stole objects. And the rep would, you know, the crew would actually, the actors and performers would actually engage much more with the audience. We don't do that as much anymore. Sometimes in Shakespeare companies, uh, that's taken on as a, as a form. But that feels immersive in some ways. Like, I think it's totally immersive. If you look at like the original, you know, you think about what Shakespeare meant to audiences of the globe. That was a very participatory experience. You know, we think now Shakespeare is sort of being, you know, uh, elevated, sophisticated and sort of, you know, not for everyone. But 
back in the day, that was the entertainment. You know, Shakespeare was incredibly bawdy. He spoke to, you know, 50% of a Shakespeare play is really intended, you know, for the, for the folks that were in those cheap seats. And I think that they were anxious to get out. They were anxious to interact. And I think yeah. for a while we sort of lost that. I think you're seeing a resurgence with immersive theater where there's a return to this notion of audience as participant. It's, it's interesting because I feel like we kind of have a mostly um, witnessing culture rather than participatory culture. And I think there's this kind of quality of humans that want to participate I think one of the reasons why gaming is so popular, you know, you get to do something rather than witness and us being such a focused company on here is something for you to see. It feels really great that we're going to engage a bit and say, oh, but you can participate too. It seems like that's your job. That seems like a pretty great job. <laughs> so how, how do all these um, different kind of live action stuff, like you looking at all that space, how do you decide well, what will work for the general audience yeah, I think it's a great question. I, look, I think you take your lead from the stories themselves. You take your lead from the shows. And the types of shows that we've taken on, whether it be La Casa de Papel or Bridgerton or Stranger Things, which we've, we've done a couple of different things with and have a new experience now launching, they're not necessarily the most likely candidates to sort of approach in this space. Why is that? Well, La Casa de Papel is very much a show for adults. It's a show about really brilliant criminals, right? And it's not the traditional material that you would see brought to life in, a, in say, a theme park or a place like that. But what we know is that there's a, a huge audience, a fan base out there that wants to do more, whether it's putting on that red jumpsuit and putting on that dolly mask and then seeing if you have what it takes to, to, to break into the vault. That's a fantastic platform for role play, you know, yeah. and we had so much fun bringing that to life through an experience that was, you know, one part immersive theatrical experience where you had, you know, working with the creator of the show to create new, new members of the gang that would be in person and live that were connected through Liz Boa, who was appearing through like hack security cameras and communicating with us throughout the experience but yet still weaving uh, sort of keeping that red thread going of all those elements of the show that you know and love. To understand why we chose La Casa de Papel as a title to expand out in this way, I spoke with Diego Avalos, Vice President of Content for Spain, Portugal, and the Nordic countries. And I asked him why he picked up the show in the first place. We got really excited about it, knowing not only what the story was, and normally you see heist in movies. We hadn't really seen that many done in TV shows. Um, so that was a challenge. But then when you combine that with Alex Pina and the kind of shows and combination of genres that he's known to do, uh, whether it's combining thriller with some dark comedy or you're in a really tense moment and he throws romance into the picture, uh, we knew there was something really special. And then we start seeing audiences connecting with it, right? Finding this show, whether it was people in Brazil, Italy, we start seeing show up. Influencers that start loving the show and talking about it and can't have enough. And then all of a sudden you see the wheel turning of audiences discovering thanks to the great distribution of Netflix that is available globally and people can discover stories made anywhere 
across the world, all of a sudden we started seeing this uptick in more people discovering, more people discovering, more people discovering. As the show became more and more popular, local teams around the world started creating opportunities for fans to interact with it in unique ways. Italy could come up with an amazing idea for the launch of one of the seasons, allowing its fans to see the show before anybody else by getting on a plane with no Wi-Fi and watching the show five hours before the season lands, because by the time they landed and could talk about it, it was actually now live on Netflix. So the team in Spain, whether it was our publicity team, marketing team, just set the general directions of how to talk about the show, what our colors look like, what the identity looked like to then let everybody, whether it was the team in Brazil, the team in Mexico, the team in India. I mean, India discovered the show when we launched part four and then it became a huge phenomenon. They did a beautiful hymn to the show um, before the launch of one of the seasons. But that's because we just gave the general landing fields of where to yeah. land and how to take off. But then the rest was up to those teams. I want to get your take on something. Why do we invest in making these experiences and producing these products? Like, why do we do this? I think it's very simple. It's how do you continue the joy, right? So I think part of it, and what I mean by that is when you're a viewer, um, how do you become more active in it, right? So when you're a viewer um, and you're an audience, you're watching something. And when it truly moves you, whether it excites you, delights you, um, inspires you, allows you to escape, it's creating something in you, right? So you're watching something on a television, um, you're watching a show or a movie on Netflix, and it's moving, it's creating a feeling in you. And you want to partake in that in some way, right? So first is the creating, especially when it's something like joy, delight, excitement, then what you want to do is one, share that. So then you talk about the show. But second, you want to experience it beyond just the feeling. You want to be part of the universe. And what better way to be part of the universe than if Greg Lombardo and all our consumer product teams creates an escape room where you feel you're part of a heist, right? When you have that experience then you you are translating the feeling that you got and that those characters gave you when you were at home watching to the real world to something then you're experiencing yourself and having that experience of now I'm one of them. Personally, I really believe that products and consumer products and merchandise can be just a, a, like a powerful means of storytelling as what you see on screen. Again, VP of Consumer Products, Josh Simon. I like to think of it as creating an artifact versus a souvenir. Meaning, how can we take something that you've seen on screen and bring it to life in a physical way that feels very much like you own a piece of the world or you're learning more about it? um, Or you just even just you love something and you want to share your fandom for it. For La Casa, um, that can come to life across so many different product categories. So, you know, that could be everything from uh, the red jumpsuits like you're seeing in the series. I think there's a really great visual style um, with the Dolly mask in Money Heist, um, with the color palette of the red jumpsuits, with the fun nomenclature of characters being named after these big cities. And so for us, we, you know, we we take all of that create, you know, those sort of creative ideas from the cities. And then we do put a lot of thought to think about how could this look 
um, if it were on a t-shirt or what would this look like if it were, um, you know, on some piece of apparel beyond just putting a logo on it. Like we, we want, we want to inspire some sort of creativity with it. Like one example that I would give is, uh, we, we did a, uh, product collaboration with Reebok for a line of sneakers. And actually there's an incredible amount of storytelling that you can infuse in a sneaker. And I say that I'm biased. I used to work at Nike. So I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a personal, you know, passion of mine as well. But, you know, there, there are elements where there are hidden messages in the, in the footwear itself, that if you were a real fan, you know, sort of a, a very deep fan of the show, you can uncover there are elements of sort of gold um, embellishments on the shoes that are obviously kind of reflective or pay homage to some of the gold that's, um, you know, that's sort of heist from that's stolen from these banks. So I think there's, you know, beyond I think the I think a lot of people look at these areas and think, oh, you take a logo and you put it on a sneaker or you take a logo and you put it on a T-shirt for us. You know, we don't necessarily want to just take the obvious approach. We're looking for ways to much more deeply connect the creativity of the storytelling to the products and and get, you know, and, and have people be really excited to to own what feels like a piece of the world of La Casa de Papel. So we've talked about live experiences and we've talked about consumer products. Another way that La Casa de Papel is being expanded is actually going back full circle to television. You know, we have a version of La Casa de Papel, a new version that's set in Korea. And we're actually going to be um, relaunching the experience throughout Asia that takes its cues from the storylines and characters of the Korean version of the show. We didn't want to make something that felt, you know, just like, oh, here's the same thing just with Korean talent. That's Kyo Lee, director of content, Korea. It is a, uh, in many ways, a faithful remake of the beats of the original series. But we're pretty committed to finding a reason why this remake could tell a unique story that felt relevant to Korea. And the writers came up with this angle that what if there is this alternate near future, say in six months, suddenly there begin peace talks between North and South Korea. And we find the two countries in the midst of negotiating towards reunification or at least more exchange. This is, sort of, this is our little added fiction on top of the pretty unique, one-of-a-kind uh, political situation in Korea, on, on the Korean peninsula. And so uh, this is exciting for us because we could, we could talk about you know, uh, some of these themes. We could add the extra layer of difference in two countries on top of the message of the original story. Yeah. Um, and it also adds to some tension, I think, throughout the series between, so the, the hostages, the, 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 the Mint employees are mixed between North and South. And so there, there's that added element that we felt was a fun layer to explore throughout all levels of the original story. So Diego, since you're the head of Spanish original series, What's your involvement in this Korean adaptation of La Casa? Korea is one country that 
um, has amazing content. We've seen it with Squid Game. We've seen it with many other shows, but never really connected with Casa de Papel. And Keo Lee saw this opportunity to really run and adapt the show there and make it its own. And our role was just to make sure that there were certain things and identities of the show, where there were certain things about the tone, backstories, messages that wanted to be kept intact. The rest, nobody knows how to do Korean content better than our Korean team and the creators that they empowered to do that. And what I would say is that the background of all of that is our culture, right? How do we work through this? It's our culture. It's highly aligned, loosely coupled, right? It's context, not control. My role was to give Keo context about the things that matter about the show, that matter to Alex Pina, what was behind creative decisions so that then he could make the decisions for um, be the informed captain of the Korean version and work through that. Similarly, with our consumer products team, right, Lyle, it was all about, okay, this is what we're trying to do. They're telling us what brands are interested in, how we can amplify the fandom. So it's let's work with these um, constraints. But you're the experts in this. Let us give you everything you need to run with that. Come visit the set before we produce. Maybe let's even create special pieces as a result of that. Talk to the wardrobe designer. Talk to the art director. Because then we can get inspiration for whether it's a sweatshirt design, whether it's executing on a new sneaker design. All those different things by being open, by being transparent. Transparency is one of our big things um, and, and great qualities of the culture at Netflix. If we apply those within the team and you allow that execution, then creativity flourishes. And it's all for our audiences that love the show and for those that have it. And what we hope with this Korean version is by just giving those guidelines and that identity, we're building on something that hasn't been done before, which is adapting a big global success that lives on one place, Netflix, on another country that lives on the same place that is, can be discovered by these millions of people. So fans, like I said, Lyle, that love the show, maybe they discover something new and get more out of this other version. But then maybe other fans that never wanted to watch, for whatever reason, the Spanish or never got their attention, now discover it because of the Korean version, right? And it's these avenues of audience love that get created, and we just hope to keep amplifying it. That just creates enough guidance to the teams working on them to then execute excellence on their side. The experience of taking La Casa de Papel and spinning up another series in a different region and producing all these wonderful live experiences and products. La Casa is kind of the first one that we're doing like that. What are we learning from this experience of spreading La Casa globally and in embracing the fandom and making these events and these things? What, what are we learning from that that we can take on to other shows that we might want to do the same thing with? One of the things that I would say is um, focus on passion, right? The more passionate fans are and the more that a show creates passion, um, it's something that you want to look at. So those shows that create that level of fandom and that level of sustained conversation are more apt for us to be able to create opportunities in order to expand storytelling, 
right? Whether it's looking at opportunities in countries or regions where the shows don't necessarily perform as well, but there's identity of the show or storytelling that would be exciting for a creator of that region, like there is Korea to do that. Second is that same passion is the reason behind why audiences want to wear something of the show or attend experiences, right? So first look at passion. Second, I want to I, I want to say that you want to have a really true and really strong visual identity, right? So Casa de Papel has the mask, has the jumpsuits, and um, even has an anthem, right? Bella Chow was sang over seven times throughout the seasons, and I'm sure people join that. Once you uh, have that clear identity, is applying that trust in order to leverage knowledge throughout teams, and also with that trust. Then you allow those teams to thrive and come up with the best possible ideas and outcomes. And when you connect all those those three things together, then you have the recipe for a rounded experience beyond just what you see on your devices. We Are Netflix is hosted by Lyle Troxell. He's a senior software engineer at Netflix. You can keep up with We Are Netflix on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. To learn more about careers at Netflix, go to jobs.netflix.com.